16 sailors on a dead man's chest, yo-ho-ho, and a bottle of grog. Ghost and the devil pilk had done in the rest, yo-ho-ho, and a bottle of grog. Not one man of the Tidebreaker crew alive, what put to sea with 35. Welcome back to the podcast, sailors. This is your Captain Patrick here on the SS Dead Man Roll No Crits. We are back with another special episode of the show brought to you by Patreon subscribers, a.k.a. Likely the fancy lads and fine ladies listening right now. Joining me in joining Davy Jones' locker this week are five friends and players. You know them. You love them. It's the quote-unquote dead men who roll no crits themselves. Uh, I'm talking Jabert, Rebecca, Seth, and Tyler. Good evening, folks. Hey. hey that intro is a lot better than that like one like bubbly, shrubbery one that you did. That was great. <laughs> oh, we're getting dark here. I mean, you think it was good? I was told the SS dead men roll no crits had a buffet. I don't see a buffet. And I like, once again, I, I think I, I, I might have misheard, but I think Patrick said there were five people, but then he said four names. Well, the f- f- four aren't enough to sate my bloodlust. Uh, will you four help me extend a warm pirate greeting to this week's special guest, John? Uh, welcome, John. Yarg. On the yeah, Discord. you still can. On the Discord, also, John, with a bunch of numbers after it. 30041? Yeah, someone. All right, uh, you can find him there and complain about this week's episode. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? <clears throat> Yeah, just doing fine. My uh, my side effects from my coronavirus shot haven't kicked in yet, so we'll see. Oh well, we'll see if <laughs> over the course of this episode, if you become Lucid or some of the other weird ones. <laughs> if you see me fall over on the chat cam, uh, then yeah, the, just he's yeah. really into character. Like <laughs> he was only dazed, but I don't. Uh, yeah, his character. <laughs> his character had a few grogs of rum, and now he's passed out. It's the, the first method, method actor. actor. Yeah. yeah. John, you've been an, an, I would say, ardent supporter of the podcast, our, our online gaming community, the Crimmanders, and also this Patreon, uh, getting in on the ground floor. And while I have you here, I want to thank you first and foremost, while simultaneously welcoming you to Deadman Romo Crits. Um, the last time you and I were together was Gen Con. What feels like 18 years ago, but I looked at my calendar and that was actually 18 months ago back in Gen Con 2019, the last yep. last live Gen Con. Um, before times. Ah, yes. <laughs> we remember what live conventions were like. They're uh, overpriced hot dogs and uh, very packed. You know, I mean, the food at Gen Con isn't actually that overpriced. I, you know, never really had any troubles with it. I just joke about uh, PAX East up here, where uh, for many years the the running joke was it was like a an eight dollar hot dog or you know fifteen dollar piece of pizza. Uh, I'm in Indianapolis, it's great. <laughs> the <laughs> the hot dog bread basket of the, the Midwest. Uh, with the release of Pathfinder Second Edition. At, uh, at Gen Con 2019. It's one of the things playing it at that convention that made this podcast possible, kind of got me into and sold on the game. And of course, we love some Starfinder on Cosmic Crit, but I was wondering how you yourself are enjoying Pathfinder 2nd Edition now that it's almost a year and a half, what, since it was uh, released and many years after it's been announced? Well, unfortunately, I can't say that I've played any games of 2nd Edition uh, Paizo 2018, I was there and I played in a, um, one of their, their delves that they do, mm-hmm. the demos. Uh, and unfortunately, um, Fumbus wasn't very fun to play at the time. <laughs> so I was, it was kind of a little turned off on it, but, um, but my experience has been pretty much just enjoying the podcast at this mm-hmm. point. It's one of the things that I think, uh, Jabert and I played through a little bit of the playtest, um, I, I guess back in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, when it first came out. And yeah, those rules I just, I wasn't convinced about. And I didn't quite understand kind of the, the flow. I remember very early on in that, um, the first segment of the, the adventure like a goblin critting someone and being shocked how much damage that was and, <laughs> and, and, and how crazy it was at level one. Uh, but yeah, uh, now that we are, oh, gosh, um, 
this is episode 34, 34 episodes um, into this podcast. I mean, I was just talking about it in the Discord. I, I don't know if I would trade this experience for another Pathfinder first edition experience because they are very, they're going to play very different. Yeah. Um, we, we can't talk too much here at the episode's beginning because uh, we do have a monumental episode to get to this week. I'm already worried about it being a little long. Uh, it is potentially one of the more lore-soaked, explosive combat, heavy role-playing episodes of this show's history. So let's get right into it. All right, everybody, let's roll really well so we can just kind of keep it moving forward, all right? <laughs> yeah, and it, the episodes usually get long when the dice start turning up threes and fours. <laughs> uh, let, let's get some 20s than, out more of More than we'd like, but we try yeah. the me, 20s. We, we believe let me it in our hearts. <laughs> yeah, let me adjust the difficulty and roll 20 for my dice rolls. <laughs> yeah, put it on easy mode for this week. Yeah. Uh, this week's episode starts with a man overboard. The shout coming from the top side of the crow's nest as, as uh, believe it or not, that was the, the female voice of Badger Medlar shouting down from the deck of the tiebreaker. Uh, first mate, Alaris, you can do a, a quick head count, but you see none missing from your crew as the sailors all make for the starboard side of the vessel to see in the distance. It looks like a piece of driftwood with a humanoid figure clutching to it amidst the rolling waves south of Motaco Island. Uh, as you draw closer, uh, is there anybody that wants to head out, jump into the waters, and check on this this body? No, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll go for a little dip. Are you turning into a aquatic creature of some sort? Or? A shark. Just don't bite him. Sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep that as an option. I'll okay. have that readied, but uh, just swimming on out. <laughs> I, like to, I like to think Hanto's like ready to jump down, but he just sees Kandoso jumping. He's like, okay, <laughs> just stand back. You can't turn into a lizard shark, so maybe he just got you beat for for swimming skill. It's a little choppy, but you're able to get out there um, uh, without too much difficulty. And you see, clutching to an ornately carved. And and smashed bowsprit of some forgotten ship. Uh, this figure, John. Uh, early introduction here. Tell us who do we see clutching to the, the the mast, destroyed mast of some ship. Well, we see a pretty waterlogged uh, dwarf clinging onto there. He's got uh, long white hair, long white beard. You know, some braids and stuff. Um, got an axe on his back. And, uh, and a flute tucked in there somewhere. Um, he's clinging on and uh, he's wearing... What else he got? He got some studded leather armor. That's pretty much it. Oh. Really <laughs> you, you've automatically become the most armored member of the crew, I think, immediately. <laughs> Cassius has a chain shirt. Let's calm down. Oh, do you? But yes, he's the second most <laughs> heavily armored individual on the crew. <laughs> or tied for first, maybe. Um, I've got some reference art here to show you guys. Foop. Oh, nice. Oh, I only see his feet. Um, oh, look at that. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, uh, if he is unconscious, I will uh, uh, cast uh, maybe a, a small heal spell and um, drag him uh, back to the ship. Uh, uh, right. What, what shape are you in? Uh, I'm just human right now. Okay. This, just, just my my two my two arm flippers. There's something innately sad about a waterlogged dwarf. It just doesn't seem natural, you know. It's like when when a big poofy cat gets uh, gets right. a bath and then it's like yeah, all like matted. Thinking that the beard yeah. should be dry on a dwarf. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to see a wet a wet dwarf poofed out and yeah, <laughs> nice and dry. I've never had a beard, but I'm guessing that would be very uncomfortable. Am I right mm. about that? Uh. Like a very wet I mean, beard. It's fine. It's fine. The, the only reason it would be uncomfortable is if you didn't, is if the the skin underneath your beard never got mo like moisture or oils, and so it was really irritated. Then you would you would get really scratchy. But I mean, in terms of being it like uncomfortable when it's wet, I mean it drips. That sucks. I guess drying it's it is so heavy. A I mean, look at this guy. He has a lot of hair. I mean, that'd be yeah, a lot yeah. of water. Well, in there. he's also got a lot of muscles. This guy's jacked. 
<laughs> Maybe from carrying wet. I don't want to get off on a, a crazy tangent here, but you have a lot less hair follicles in your uh, face than you do on the top of your head. and oh. But they're also thicker. Yeah. So I don't know. When I grew my beer out a million years ago, it, you know, it felt very light, actually. Um, you know, as thick as you can make a beard, it still kind of feels light compared. To I don't think any of us have ever had a beard like this, though. No. Th- no, no, I will say definitely not. I that is I, a massive beard. I'd like not since I was a wee bay. A dwarven <laughs> beard is definitely. I mean, when you live that many years, uh, is something to marvel at. Uh, this definitely does look like a piratical, a dwarf that spent a lot of time on the waters. But healing them seems to do nothing. As uh, there, there seems to be perhaps some wounds unseen. Uh, you know, perhaps in inside wounds, as uh, they they seem to be near catatonic. Um, but as you're dragging them through the waters, Candoso, you hear this dwarf mutter three words. And those three words are the ringing bell. Do you have uh, Do you have an accent for said dwarf? Do you want to say that for me, John? Oh God, what do we want? Hi, low. What, what are we going for? This, nah, is, one of the, this is one of the first dwarves in, in the campaign so far, so no presh. We've only had a few. No, no, there's the ones that you took off the sh- that one uh, fishing vessel. Uh, I think we'll just uh, probably just go classic, and I'll, I'll fail heavily at a Scottish jet. Excellent. excellent. All right, give, give us the ringing bell. Scottish. <clears throat> the ringing bell. <clears throat> As you're... Carded. The ringing bell. <laughs> As you're carted back on board. What's that uh, you say? Say it again for me one more time. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can it. The ringing bell. Near catatonic state. <laughs> Can't say anything more. Uh, Sandara, as, as you're brought on board, says, uh, well, he, he can have my bed in the officer's quarters to rest. He'll need fresh water and some attention. Uh, Captain, I'd like to look after him personally, if that's all right with you. Oh, my. kind of stares and goes, I suppose that'd be that'd be fine, but make sure you have a peek at his gear. See if there's anything valuable. <laughs> Already got a flute. <laughs> yeah. free, free ah, flute. the flute! I I have the flute in my quarters. I'll I'll have uh, uh, Bartleby appraise it. See uh, what, we, what kind of flute we're dealing with. Well, I'll need Bartleby to fetch me mineral oils and and and, and beer lubricant. Stat. We need to get I this, think this beard <laughs> beard, beard back. <laughs> we need some beard, beard lubricant. I think you mean beard oil. I don't think there'd be any beer lubricants in. No, this beard is going Please. through some heavy drag right I've, now. It needs I've lube. Dozens of dwarven beards. I need beard lube. On the double. We, we probably have some from <laughs> that one ship we took. So yeah, uh, yeah. We'll have okay, a We'll go down to the 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 quartermastery and come up with uh, our only bottle of beard lube. Dwarven, <laughs> Dwarven, uh, Rock Hill, extra fancy beard lube. Good thing lube. we stopped at that beard lube express when we were going past Shark <laughs> no. Island. I oh, know we all we all made fun of uh, of Honto for wanting to stop there, but good thing. What I mean, you can't I, you can't role play as my character. You dry the beard out, and as soon as you throw it in there, just poof, the beard is back to its lustrous self. But uh, as this day continues on into dusk. Uh, after a long day of sailing, the, the crew will begin to unwind a bit after the excitement. Um, but as soon as the evening meals start to get passed around, maybe uh, a cup or two of, of wine or grog shared by Ambrose Croup, the ship's cook is who calls out the next warning, looking at the horizon saying, we'll sail! Well, we got to sail on the horizon! And indeed in the distance out west, set against the the fiery orange setting sun in the ocean. You spot it, a ship sail moving southerly. Its its features hard to pick out against the wake of glaring light behind it. But if you guys uh, want to do a quick perception check, I'll tell you what you see in that sail. Boy, one of these days, I'm going to roll over a 10, and it's going to be great. That's not not today. Oh, I turn. Oh, the easy switch is on, baby. <laughs> Nineteen for Cassius. <laughs> yeah, we, we we talk about this in the the Discord a lot, but uh, 
Tyler saves all of his good rolls across two podcasts for the, the pirate one. Oh, yeah. When I'm on Cosmic Crit, I just throw out all my trash rolls. I don't know if, I mean, this is how Roll20 works. You roll 200 dice every at the start of every week, and you distribute them amongst all your Roll20 tables, and that's what you get to use. Uh, you are able to see the outline of said ship, and it seems to be by the lines. It's cut a, a low-riding uh, whaling vessel. Um, the uh, perhaps a trick of the horizon, but indeed riding quite low in the water, suggesting perhaps her hold is full. Um, but let's see, why don't Candoso uh, and Cassius, you also make me a sailing lore check. Can't just use that night. Duh. Easy mode. <laughs> 16 on the second dice roll of the night. Oh boy. <clears throat> That's more than enough here. Um, beyond the ship's description, uh, from what you're experiencing, uh, this ship seems to be moving at odds with the, the northeastern winds here. Seems to be moving into the winds. It's, it's, um, sails though, completely, uh, unfurled. Uh, well, I think Cassius will tell or look to the crew and say, Gents, seems like we have a special guest headed our way. Why don't we roll out the welcoming carpet? And, Make all the hands to, to oh, sails yeah. and trim and weapons and let's catch up or get ready to have them catch up. Croup will, will pipe up and say, aye, aye, Captain. Mercy's got no place on a vessel as blessed by Mesmara as the Tidebreaker. Uh, everyone will set to it through uh, dusk and the evening here as you give chase. But as as you make haste for the horizon, this vessel seems to grow fainter and fainter until... Uh, it is impossible to pick out along the waves to the west behind you. And not long after dark, it seems to disappear completely. Unfortunately, you guys aren't able to catch up with it. Mm. Would would any of our resident magic users have any kind of insight as to if the ship's ability to move against the wind like that might be of a magical nature? How is it outspeeding us, I guess, is the question Cassius would be have, having. And how do we get some get us some of that good magic speed? Yeah. Have they yeah, invented if, the boat propeller? Is that what's yeah, happening? Right. If you have an arcana or a um, nature roll you want to give me, I, you yeah. can, perhaps you have a three. Uh, it's definitely unnatural to be sailing against the wind with the sails down. Um, so it would have to be some kind of magics outside of your purview. Um, if it was, say, perhaps another druid on board, they might be able to bring some winds in behind the vessel, but it would still have to follow the laws of physic. That's the wizard physic, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-K, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who says you can't <laughs> break the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> um, smash cut! Two, the next day, you guys, unsuccessful the next day, uh, back at it. I'm guessing sailing easternly towards Rickety Hakes as, uh, as night descends into darkness the second day. The Tidebreaker finds itself sailing into a pea soup thick fog that reduces your visibility to a few yard arms before the ship's bow. You feel the barometric pressure dropping as if a storm is inbound, but you see no clouds on the horizon. Just this uh, almost like a, a low hanging cloud that clings to the water and uh, coats your your vessel in a, uh, a chilly dew. Uh, that day, uh, the castaways fever broke as Candoso, uh, you can, along with Sindara Quinn. Uh, why don't you both make me a medicine check? Um, I'll roll for good old Sandara. Oh, she's going to need Candoso's. Yeah, I don't have medicine. Good touch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, your nature roll. Okay, okay. For yeah. treating. Okay, there we are. 28 or 20, 25. If, uh, Rebecca, if you want to shirk duties as a as first mate and, and tend some care, you can. But uh, after a few hours of Sandara kind of failing to break the fever, I, I just imagine 
Kendo, so shoving herbs and and things <laughs> down mud. his throat. It's always mud. It's the just mud smear. Mud. Just a yeah. mud cake mask. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that I've <clears throat> taken the uh, uh, the herbalist archetype, now I know about specific types of mud that do specific types of things. That all has to do with your microbiome. There's nothing but just a, a, a giant mud pit underneath Kendo's <laughs> bed. It's but like, it's all, like I, I promise you, it's all very special mud, and like it all has its own purpose and it has its own properties. But it's all in the same container. So <clears throat> he's gonna he's gonna brand it as goo when he gets back to mainland. <laughs> Kendo's goo. Uh, you succeed at this check. Uh, like I said, going on into evening here. Um, I guess I should ask what what is this pirate's name? This dwarven pirate's name? This is Crendel Burleson. Crendle. Uh Crendel indeed will cough up some seawater and return to consciousness. Um uh perhaps just getting your bearings here that you are indeed on a, a foreign ship with a uh a, a pretty wily looking man on top of you as well as a uh, a pirate-looking woman in, in Sendara Quinn. Also on top of you. <laughs> yeah. Kendosa's got a beard, right? you, you got to have some I mean, I, beard like We're just, like, standing on him. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's going to make it. <laughs> Should we stop right standing standing on his windpipe? Uh, probably. Probably. No, Kendosa's like standing on left lung, and Sandara's standing on right lung, and they're taking turns hopping. Yeah, right. Well, so you can, you know, pump pump the, the lungs, right? Here, nah, the lungs work. These are the two <laughs> characters that you see first coming back into the world, and unfortunately, none of your your former crew. Uh, is that me coming in? F- feel free to say anything you'd like in character, or be stoically silent. It's uh, your choice. Right. Well, the hell be I? Ah, uh, you're awake. And I step off of him. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, you're you're aboard the uh, the tidebreaker. The tidebreaker is what you're aboard of. It's it's a ship. That's that's our ship. My man can't remember ship names or military codes. <laughs> I'm technically not supposed to. I'm, I'm technically not supposed to be living here. I'm just saying. <laughs> the ship used to be trees that I would have loved. <laughs> Beautiful trees. Beautiful trees. Everyone uh, loves them. Anyway, I'm Candoso. It's a pleasure to meet you, Randall Barrelson. Randall. Welcome, Quinn. Sorry, no, this is Sandara. Yeah. Hello. She'll be she'll be popping in and out periodically. She's great. You're gonna like her. She looks um, great. Uh, hey, I, I, we, I, I we found you at sea. Oh, I glad you did. Yeah, I was I I was also going to tell him that we found him at sea, but but I'm glad you told him, Sandara. Thank you for catching Good. him. Good. I really there. edged it in there right I underneath know. you. I know. I was I was probably gonna take a lot longer saying it, but <laughs> you <laughs> just got to right old. to the point. Weirdest free ship welcome anyone has ever received. Yes. Anyway, you're here now. Do you want to be a pirate with us? <laughs> uh, uh, oh God. No, sorry. I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be serious. Um, a little bit forward there, huh? <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, you said it. You said it in character. I heard you, Jabert. <laughs> um. <clears throat> as soon as you're awake, though, uh, Grendel. And this conversation is happening on the other side of the ship. You all hear it as clear as everyone else does. Still working topside. Uh, what sounds like slow, far off ringing. Just uh, a ringing deck bell. Just going clang, clang, clang. Seemingly echoing in the fog that surrounds the ship. This this wall of mist. And then, as you guys... Uh, can can get out to the the top deck here along with all the rest of the crew of the tidebreaker trying to peer through this this piece soup together suddenly the entirety of the ship sees this all at once another vessel sidles up next to yours for a moment just coming straight through the fog before turning and kind of locking speed with the tidebreaker Right before it veers off back into the the, the fog where it comes, uh, right along the port bow. And just for a moment, you all see a long, rotten hull, thick with barnacles, covered in seaweed and vines. The oddly, faintly glowing bow is worm-eaten 
but through the, the chipped paint, uh, you make out through the fog this vessel's name written in, in black uh, as its, its nameplate reads Death Knell. Oh boy, let's make a sailing lore check. Anybody that wants to, including you, Crindle, uh, to see what you know of the Death Knell. Does the music change when the ship shows up? Oh, it is. It's it's pipe organs and ominous pirate music. Oh no! Oh, it's so ominous and dark. I wonder if my uncle Olivia may have told me about this uh, mysterious ship at some point. Oh, we've got a good roll here. Um, anybody else want to uh, throw one in for sailing? Oh, we got an eighteen from from Rebecca, seventeen Tyler. Okay, so indeed, I think everyone that's that's rolled over. Boy, at 25 here, knows a good deal of a story pirates tell one another to to spook each other, to scare the living daylights out of each other while at sea. It's said that a ghost ship travels the waters of the shackles, whose crew long perished and now must hunt the living as this death knell drags ships down to the bottom of the ocean. Supposedly their captain is a cursed sailor known as Whalebone Bilk, who's said to have gone mad at sea trying to chase a pod of whales. Hmm. Um, We've heard about him before. Oh, I have yes. Him in, I have him in my notes. Who told us about this guy? I believe one of your your pirate crew have told tales of, of Whalebone Pilk, just almost children's fairy tales of a, of a ghostly pirate. But... Alaris, perhaps in your recollection of this story from your uncle, uh, he had maybe more pertinent information, perhaps more uh, that, that'll add some verisimilitude to the tale. As you have heard, this whalebone pilk has stalked ships whose crew have somehow survived its sinking, uh, stalks the ships as prey for three nights only taking them to the watery grave at the end of the third night, lest somehow he and his ghoulish crew are turned away. And John, your character, Crindle, of course. Oh, why, you can confirm, as this is what happened to your own ship. If you want to paraphrase or or talk about what happened there, that is indeed what happened... uh, Right before you, you came to consciousness, basically. Uh, yeah, Crendel's um, dwarf hands gripped the, the railing of the, uh, the tidebreaker. He stares at uh, the death knell as it goes past. He says, I thought I got away, but no, it followed me. We saw it. I must have been a week ago and uh, heard the bells and saw the sails. And the next night, just like this, saw the death knell off the bow. Our captain... Bass Fendruk, not a superstitious type at all, but he wouldn't make for landfall. And the third night, that ship came, and Whalebone attacked. His crew, Gert, gruesome, feasted on our flesh and comrades, crawled away on the bowsprit, cracked and broke off as the ship sank beneath us. Oh, and here it is again. Sendara Quinn will come up, uh, perhaps stunned, like most of the crew, at what you've seen, but many of the old pirate hands um, from the the Wormwood. Oh, they are indeed a superstitious lot as you see them uh, going to this priestess of, of Besmara to uh, to see how they can uh, appease the, the goddess of the waves. Um, see if they can break this, this curse of what they've just seen. Um, for the the officers here, the, the, the four of you, how, what's your reaction to Spotting this vessel now on the second night. Wait, so this is the second night that we've seen it? Oh, yeah. You saw it the night that you took oh. aboard, Crindle, on the horizon moving against the wind. Gotcha. So that counts as the first night? Yes. Oh, ghost yeah. lore is really... And, like, ghost rules, they're, they're difficult. Yeah. The second you see it, that counts as one night. <laughs> That's um, night the first. Crindle, I'm uh, sorry to say it seems like you have bad luck. Um, it sounds like we're in for in for a, a ghosting, uh, but at least we have uh, a day to prepare. Um, uh, can can Crindle tell us anything about um, what happened when 
they were attacked? Were they were shooting like uh, uh, ghostly cannons at them, or? Um... Oh yeah, it, it was a full-on pirate invasion. But uh, John, does Crindle have any religion uh, uh, skills, any ranks, or would you like to make a religion check to see if you can tell what the the crew were? Or one out there, maybe. Ooh. Oh boy! Whew. Um, yeah, not a ton of information, but you do know this was uh, indeed an undead crew. They were some kind of zombie. Uh, uh, Patrick, if you have a question about zombies, uh, you, you know one thing about them from from that role. I know one thing about them. Uh, uh, the resistances, I guess. <laughs> um. No, well, I, I I will say normal undead immunities, no resistances, but immune to uh, mental um, yeah. death effects, disease, poison, that kind of thing. Uh, Seth, what was your question? I was going to say uh, you may or may not have caught that uh, I rolled a different kind of check for a different crew member. <gasps> oh, what's Ozzy got? Uh, curse lore. Okay, well that actually is. Uh, something I was going to have you do on the third day, but I can, as you guys are talking about it amongst the crew, Ozzy, if, if he would like to disseminate this information can, um, some of the crew as uh, this night turns into day and the fog begins to dissipate, very few get a lot of sleep. Most are up in the night talking about that dwarf that they, with the scraggly beard, they brought, brought up out the water. Uh, many of whom think that perhaps he is cursed and the death knell might just be following Crindle. But uh, Ozzy, you know this curse well, that uh, this is a a, sh- a ship-wide curse. The entire vessel and, I mean, getting rid of crewmates or trying to hide from this monstrosity might not be enough as if it is indeed a magical vessel. There might not be anywhere to hide, um, but uh, might be a good one for Ozzy to to roll if the captain has any more information. Um, the third day yeah. will dawn, and I was going to have you do Arcana for for that kind of information. Curse lore is very interesting, though. Uh, you guys, uh, what what's the plan here on day three as as a crew? And I don't know if if the officers want to bring in Crindle for these discussions on on what to do next. Would it be helpful or even possible to go ashore? If you you hear through the grapevine, I guess is I I should ask Seth Ozzy willing to share that information. If any of the officers are willing to listen, he would he would offer the info. You know, I think you've probably got a uh, a good ear of of someone down there on, on your level. So like a Rosie Cuswell or someone mm-hmm. else who is very interested in, in scuttlebutt, the dissemination thereof. Right. She'll, she'll bring it to the, the captain's attention for sure. Yeah. He'll, he'll uh, communicate to, to Rosie that has nothing to do with a specific crew member. It has more to do with the, the vessel itself. And uh, he's going to try to remember if he can recall any way to break the curse. Uh, so that's what he's working on. Um, what, um, well, uh, from that information, you think like you might be able to put into, to port, but this thing could potentially, as soon as you leave, uh, find you again, um, and start this, this whole dance over. Understood. That will be included Mm -hmm. in the information. Yeah. That's answering Alaris's question a little bit. Uh, what what do the rest of you guys think? I mean, I think Cassius has been listening to questions and officer talk obviously he would like to you know hear Crendel's tale on how the zombies boarded the previous ship <clears throat> oh and i think oh go ahead i mean uh Crindle, from what you remember it was very fast a uh, matter of minutes from them uh putting down gangplanks um uh entangling the, your your former ship's mast uh, to to rushing across the the ship, but uh, you have vivid memories of your former crewmates literally being eaten alive by this this zombie crew. 
Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, their hooks came fast and, and swift, thrown from distances I've never seen. We were pulled so close in such a little time. The planks came down and they flew across them as up on a dread wind. All of my, all the sailors were just torn apart so quick. Do we know how, do we know how they started, how the curse was, how they themselves became cursed? Maybe that would give us some clue as to how to end that curse. Hmm. I think we've already uh, plumbed the depths of sailing lore, perhaps. Um, let's let's do uh, what I want to do on day three, which is uh, a religion or arcana to see if you can figure out from the story context perhaps some clues about the what, what kind of um, dark magic is at play here. Ooh. Dark. <laughs> oh man, all the all the not main characters here rolling rocks. Uh, John Natural Twenty uh, on Arcana, as well as as Ozzy are. Uh, I mean, I'll say it: our favorite kobold. Name a, a better kobold. I dare you. <laughs> on this show, none, none. Um, uh, I, I just love kobolds so much. Anyway, uh, both of you guys can figure out kind of independently, and I think. Perhaps um, just something that you might be able to figure out, uh, Crindle, is um, Wellbone Pilk was said to have been driven mad or crazy by how greedy he was in, in going after this whaling pod that took him further and further out to sea to the point where once the, the whales turned around and attacked his ship, um, he was was cursed by his own crew and indeed um, perhaps drove them to maddening efforts to 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 whale this pod um, every time they they were slacking off the story goes he would continue clanging that deck bell and driving them further their their muscles tearing as they they worked on, days on end until when they were dragged down to their watery grave uh, not a, a man on board perhaps wasn't met with a, a great exhaustion um, what exactly that that means and and where that curse lies whether it be with the crew or the captain or the ship itself you're you're certain the answer's in there somewhere um, but I need now that perhaps some of the um, we, we've taken some hours kind of investigating and, and talking. Oh, uh, what, what do you guys want your course of action to be? So Cassius kind of maybe gets up and is pacing around and he has his, he has his fan out and he's kind of fanning himself as he, as he thinks. And, uh, he says, now, normally when I am faced with a seemingly unstoppable foe, my first, my first preference is always to do the old pirate tradition of running away. But seeing as that option is no longer available to us or would only lead to a more assured watery grave, I believe we're going to have to figure out a way to deal with old Whalebone himself. Break this curse that has gripped the shackles for so long, and if I may be honest, there must be some pretty fair treasure aboard that ship <laughs> that I am thinking myself, so here's what I be proposing. We're going to have to get ready to be boarded. That will happen no matter what. But if there ain't any way to break the curse, I can only see three options available to us, based on stories that we've gathered here together. One, we're going to have to kill every one of those undead abominations down to the last, every zombie and whalebone. Now we have ourselves here, two good divine healers capable of crippling their crew with spells cast from Basmara herself. Blessed be them. There'll also be whalebone Pilk himself, and if we can single him out and strike him down, then Perhaps the rest of the crew will go with him. And then there be that bell. It may be that we can send someone up into their rigging, cross onto the ship itself, enemy territory, and steal that bell or even break it. And maybe that be what will free us from this unnatural grip that they have. Thoughts, officers, Grendel, I'm open to any 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 other ideas or course of action, but that that is what sings to me at the moment. If you want me to handle the captain, he will be taken care of. 
Can I send Sharga to go and get the bell? <laughs> or Owlbear? Uh, uh, I, I mean, if we, we can we can dole out responsibilities, but if, if we kind of a, kind of my Cassius's thought essentially is we're going to need like a defensive team and then maybe more of an offensive team at the ready. I mean, if the whole crew, if they just all come over, if like whalebone and everybody just jumps onto our ship, then I don't know. Offensive team is kind of defensive team at that moment, too. Uh, but if there's a way where, you know, we can, uh, you know, kind of have you know the zombies are going to come but then they're going to put down gangplanks which gives us a pretty nice access to their ship as well we can take advantage of that and either attack whalebone directly or get the bell or both uh that seems that seems good to me so seems like both might be a good idea i mean i because we don't know how like what's going to break the curse i, I think that alaris would turn to what's your name crindle Having seen a crew try to take take these people on before, I, did you observe anything? Did you manage to take any zombies out? And what, what effect did that seem to have? Oh, certainly some zombies were, were felled. But uh, their numbers seemed... Uh, you had a crew of um, uh, 30 or so on, on your, your prior ship there, Crindle. Uh, the the zombies seemed to outnumber you two to one. So what I think we should do is have definitely have Candoso and Sandara on team defense. And if we can lure all the zombies to like as close to center ship as we can and then have them throw out their AOE spells, we could take out a whole bunch. Because, I mean, how big is the AOE channel? Is it like 30 feet? I'm sorry. Are you suggesting that our level two characters go do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm saying on the ship. So, like, if we put the healers, so, like, Sandara and Kendoso, right? Because mm-hmm. Kendoso has a big... Does Kendoso have a big heal? Or no, that's... I'm thinking I mean, of. I mean, I have the heal spell. I don't have... Yeah. I don't have a healing font like she does. Okay. But if we can if we can get her center mass and then kind of get as many of the zombies kind of around that and she can pulse that. I also don't know if our ship's healing ability affects borders. Oh, but if it does, isn't that good because they're undead? <clears throat> it, yeah, but does, I don't think it, that it does. It does not. If that's if okay. that's what you wanted to pick, then no. No, I, I that that part was like a side. That was uh, yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a thirty foot emanation. Um, okay. Since we're sort of since we have a day to prepare, I can prep some heal spells. Yep. Um, I definitely want those two on 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 team on team defense sure. as well as our our bigger hitters and then maybe put our more life climbers on team offense. Um, Can I ask, uh, yeah, just uh, as we're, we're getting ready here on day three, where, um, where each of you would like to be on the ship. So Alaris, I I said before that I would volunteer target to go and get the bell, but I I mean, the only reason I said that was because of the strength to Mm -hmm. climb but Alaris has really good stealth, so potentially she could, you know, try to infiltrate the ship without being seen. So, I mean, that might be one strategy. Yeah. Do you even have, like, a potion of invisibility? Oh, I do! I do! Yeah, so I, I think maybe Alaris could just, like, at the start of the battle, take the potion of invisibility, climb up to the top, and grab the bell or sla- or ring the bell. It could be that the act of ringing the bell hurts them i mean i i i mean I've, i'm guessing well but, i mean they've been ringing the bell all day right well they rang the bell when oh, we yeah. first got there but uh um, no, you, you it heard could, it heard it uh yeah all three up that second day in the fog yeah. it could have an effect it, i mean but certainly us having it is better than them having it who knows ringing it could empower the zombies we don't know uh but yeah i mean that's something that you could you could do um it's a thought I mean, Alaris um, would be totally willing to do that if that is what her captain orders her to do. Okay, so you want to be on the top deck, maybe kind of closer midship with Candoso, perhaps? Who do you want on the... Yes, Alaris. Well, I was talking about going and getting the bell from the other ship, right? Yeah, where would you like to start on your ship, though? Oh, uh... Pretty simple question. Near wherever a gangplank will be. <laughs> All right, midship. Um, Cassius, do you want to start on the... The ship's wheel, or do you want uh, uh, yeah. Andara to yeah. take over? 
No, I want I want Sandara <clears throat> to be maybe closer to the main mass so that she can react to um you know, helping any crew that become overwhelmed by borders. Uh Honto, where about you? Um, has Kendoza indicated whether or not he wants Honto to try and focus on the captain or focus on ship's defense or um, I want most people focused on ship defense until mm-hmm. we figure out like until we figure out how well we're holding against the zombies. Like, okay. Because if, if, if everything just goes to Davy Jones like immediately, then we're going to need everybody just to help repel. But if we kind of if that first wave comes at us and it's like, OK, I think we have everybody situated in a, in a good position and we see whalebone pike or pilk. Then yeah, you can. I mean, feel free to key rush over to him and, and do your thing. <laughs> I like how I, I like to think that that's exactly like Kendos actually uses the name of the ability. Yeah. So key, key rush, go. <laughs> uh, so so Honto, where where would you like to start? You can place. I'll be, I'll be midship as well. Uh, okay, and um, I'm guessing you want to stay nearby the the officers, Crindle. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, making making some room on. The map here. Uh, all right, let's. Wait, which which one are we using? Yeah, uh, it's a different map. <clears throat> you, you're, you the the boat in the middle or the boat on the bottom? Uh, I was on the boat on the bottom. Yeah, right, right, right. That's that's okay. I'll move myself then. <laughs> yeah, either or. Do, it it would. Um, I mean, just because I am using this map, it will be the uh, port side. So wherever you want to be on the port side there, and I'll try and try and get you. Um, you can. So, so on the bottom, Re- you can readjust because we're going to go to another map. So, um, oh, okay, I see, I see. Let's indeed speed the play here. Uh, uh, the 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 next day uh, continues on, and the forecasted storm does pick up as you find one coming out of the northeast, a nor'easter sweeping off the eye, blowing past Mataku Island towards the southwest, and you you see the shoreline kind of um, falling away. As the storm pushes you further out to sea, and Cassius, you watch as the crew of the Tidebreaker readies for this this supernatural assault. Hurricane lamps being turned on deck before nightfall as dark clouds blot out the sun. The waves get choppy as swells and uh, sporadic downfalls coat the deck with, with seawater, and the entire crew works at a near- silent uh, kind of pace here trying to um, get the ship ready uh, but still kind of whispering uh, uh, what is about to happen to them some some in a pretty dour mood saying that they are indeed marked men and women Patrick yeah can I while they're all silently working uh, can Crendle um, uh I guess pull Alaris aside because she's first mate. He, he doesn't know the captain. He doesn't want to like go up the chain that far, oh, um, yeah. and say, uh, "Do your men not know any shanties?" Uh, we we don't typically sing on the ship, but if <laughs> if you know a song, we would welcome it. I I think Desna followers of Desna would appreciate songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A ship without song is a ship without a soul, and uh, pulls out his uh, his. Uh, long whistle plays a, a little tune and um, looks around. Uh, and the uh, if if I could, Patrick, I'm not mm. intruding too much. Um, if I could start one action to do it, so I'll just mm-hmm. pick this up. Uh, inspired courage and try and get everybody's spirits up uh, for the coming fight. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a, uh, a little confused about bards as well. Do you have a a length of time that you can inspire courage or is there well if i don't do a lingering composition mm-hmm. which is a focus um it's uh one action throughout to just maintain it okay um and uh it's a plus one to um just go back to attacks and saving throws very nice uh yeah and i think yeah will will saving throws is that right believe I believe that's correct because usually it bolsters like against fear effects and things like that it's definitely in the focus section but it's a can inspire courage not inspire competence right yeah inspire courage. I don't have any competence so it's just courage. Uh, 
Excellent. You fit in well on this ship already. <laughs> uh, We're all in confident. Oh my, this is a 60 foot emanation. So you stand midship and uh, most everyone can hear you and indeed feel a little heartened by, uh, you know, they they knew that you have lost your crew, but are, are willing to, to stay with the Tidebreaker, even perhaps to see this happen a second time. Um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll grab, um, we'll grab Arturo Chucha because I'm standing right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, try and get him into it, and um, we'll, we'll kick off with some royal charity. And uh, obviously, Mahim the, the Naga Killer will be like, "Oh, you you'll want to talk with me first. I'm I'm basically everyone's favorite aboard the Tidebreaker. Mahim the Naga Killer. He <laughs> nice to meet you, Crandall. I like your song and I like your beard. Um, he he keeps up the song. Not sure uh, if. Uh, what to say about this uh, intrusion on, on song, but just trying to keep everybody... Oh, you can't going. talk while you're singing on that, that right. instrument. That makes sense. Uh, just g- give me your old head nod. Back to back to work. He throws a quick salute and nods and gets back to it. Uh, indeed, as, as darkness settles on the ship and the storm roils overhead, it is a little past the witching hour. The the moon tries to peek through the clouds here, a little quarter moon, past the stormy weather, but you only see it for a moment before it's covered up again, and in the darkness, you hear once more, far off, just clang, clang, clang. Um, is it, can we not see it because it's being obscured by the, uh... Oh, the, the, storm, the storm in the darkness. Uh, perhaps lit up every once in a while the the sea by a, a lightning flash here or there but you do not have to wait long if you are indeed uh, sails dropped and preparing for a boarding action as not long after you hear the clanging off the starboard side does the ship show up on indeed the port side um, you hear the clanging bell uh, right on top of you as your ship is is blinded and bathed in an eerie red deck light of the death knell. It sinks low in the water before coming up over a wave uh, right over the white peaks and comes up next to the tide breaker. There is a, a fury and a massive flurry of hooks and lines as it attaches itself to the side of your vessel, uh, planks being raised up over the the whipping winds and rains here, and you hear a crack as uh, uh, the wind and rains here are parted, and over the heads of of most of your sailors, a massive ballista bolt whistles past there, uh, right over the crew's heads, lands in the door of the captain's quarters with a thick line attached to the end of it that a whale couldn't shake off or snap. And it goes taut as more lines connect your two ships. And to start this combat off, um, you have but a moment to take action and roll what skill you were most likely doing right before this ship hit your guys's. And I'm going to take us to another map. You guys can find your character and hopefully uh, roll into that initiative turn order with what skill you may. If you're looking through the storm, a perception would be a good one. Uh, <laughs> do I get any? Do I get any uh, bonus to not taking penalties to see through storms uh, on this perception check? Or I'll allow it. Okay. Is this just where a is my character screen? It's just a black screen, Patrick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's see if we can move some some light folks around. I'm, I'm using darkness and, and light. Advanced lightning. lighting. Um, is Alaris going to have an opportunity to take her invisibility potion upon seeing these lines being thrown across the ship, or is that something that I have to use my turn to do? I'm sorry? I want to use my invisibility potion. I'm wondering if I can do that now before I roll into the turn order, or is that something part of my first turn? Uh, you, you can do it as part of rolling in if if you want to do it. Um, otherwise, if you want to just kind of like hide out, you can just roll stealth for it. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. 
Should I see my character yet? Uh, could I utilize athletics <laughs> so as I brace for impact? Uh, if you think you are like in the the rigging or doing something athletic wise, you you can. Nah, he's he's just hanging out on the <laughs> on the deck, getting ready to ready to defend. So probably perception. You're like that guy on the subway that like doesn't hold on to the bars, just like stands oh, yeah. really still, like really strong. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when the train stops, he's not gonna. Yeah, because he's really cool. Yeah, that's what it means. Like anybody who does that. Okay. Ooh, Alaris is so stealthy. (laughs) Gang, I I just want to point out, I I said at the beginning, let's roll high. (laughs) You heard me say that, right? Three of us will net ones. Roll real, real high. Alaris got a natural 20, so. Oh, we got two from Candoso, so we're going to use that first one. Yeah, no, yeah. So I, I, I rolled a, I rolled a perception to start with. Um, I'm I, sorry, I keep rolling it. I'm trying to get up. I'm trying to get uh, turned up in the into initiative turn, turn order. order. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, can you guys see your characters now? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I have, I have to turn I on your well. your vision on your character, but I thought I copied you, at least you four over from uh, last week when we used some. Yeah. Some That's okay. Anyway. <clears throat> um. All right. Let me add in. Bingo and Bango. <clears throat> Already? Already. So as the crew of the Tidebreaker, you hear just swords and axes and hatchets being drawn uh, as through the gloom of darkness surrounding the death knell, pierced by this odd otherworldly red light that doesn't seem to illuminate its deck, but shines in your eyes. You see shambling forwards dozens of creatures, bloated flesh hanging from these walking corpses, slick and green from rotting in the ocean waters, some missing appendages, a few dragging their guts behind them as they slowly shamble aboard. Add some zombies to the party. Everyone loves a zombie. Oh no, he's right next. Lots of them, right next. Yeah, I'm gonna clear out a little bit of space here, so we get into combat. Uh, there are a number that rush up, indeed, uh, straight to you guys on the deck. Um, and by rush, I mean slowly shamble. But that is uh, how they start this off. And we are uh, these these Brian zombies uh, have a, a bloodlust in their their eyes as they reach out with claws, some haphazardly holding rusted weapons, their jaws agog as they obviously hunger for brains. Avasti mateys, you've made it to the end of this week's episode. Stopping a little bit early this week, uh, this special episode with John as our guest turned into the longest recording session we have ever sat through for Deadman Roll No Crits or Cosmic Crit. So we are ending right here on a cliffhanger before the climactic battle. Will the crew of the Tidebreaker be able to meet the Death Knell head on? Do they have what it takes? to take on Whalebone Pilk and his horde of horrendous hide munchers. Well, you're going to find out next time, folks, on Dead Men Roll No Crits.